This is the NBC University Theater, bringing you a full-hour dramatization of The Red Badge of Courage by Stephen Crane, starring John Agar as Henry Fleming. This is a war story, written by a boy who had never heard a shot fired in anger. It is a classic of American literature, psychologically sound, repertorially accurate, and poetically quite perfect. The Red Badge of Courage, the short masterpiece of Stephen Crane, whose personal legend is as exciting as his literary accomplishment. Crane was the son of a minister in Newark, New Jersey, which background he departed early to become reporter, novelist, poet, war correspondent, world traveler, and intimate friend of Joseph Conrad. He died before he was 30 in the mountains of the Black Forest of Germany. We bring you today a new and exciting radio adaptation of The Red Badge of Courage, written by Brainerd Duffield and Emerson Crocker, and starring in the role of Henry Fleming and voicing the introspective thoughts of that young soldier, Mr. John Agar. from the earth, and the retiring fogs revealed an army stretched out on the hills, resting. A river lay at the army's feet, and across it one could see the red, eye-like gleam of hostile campfires. As the landscape changed from brown to green, the army awakened and began to tremble with eagerness at the noise of rumors, rumors of war and battle soon to come. Gosh, it's cold. You're lying on your bunk, Henry Fleming, watching, listening, waiting for the word that's bound to come. You've been marched and drilled and reviewed. Surely there will be a battle soon. Look, here comes a soldier with news in his eyes. Boys, boys, I just heard something. I heard some fellers talking. We're going to move tomorrow, sure. We're going way up the river, cut across, and come around in behind them. It's a lie, Jim Conklin. I don't believe the derned old army's ever going to move. I got ready to move eight times in the last two weeks, and we ain't moved yet. Is it true, Jim? Are we going to move? Oh, Henry, that's what I just told you. Oh, what you talking about? You don't know everything in the world, do you? I didn't say I knew everything in the world. Going to be a battle, sure, is there, Jim? Of course there is. Of course there is. Now, you just wait until tomorrow, Henry, and you'll see one of the biggest battles ever was. Now, you just wait. So we're going to fight at last. So at last you're going to fight, Henry Fleming. Tomorrow there will be a battle, and you'll be in it. All your life you've dreamed of battles. You've seen yourself in visions, performing deeds of glory. You've read of marches and campaigns, and longed to be a part of it. All your life. Remember that day back home? Ma, I want to enlist. We've been all over that, son. I need you on the farm. Here, chick, 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 chick. Oh, but Ma, everyone's going. They're all going. Men are, yes. You're just a boy. Time enough for men's foolishness later on. Oh, but Ma, I, I want to go. Here, chick, 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 chick. 
Now, Henry, don't you be a fool. But every day you read the papers and heard the gossip of the village. And every day the winds carried you the clangoring of the church bells, telling the news of some great victory. They were ringing that day when you came home. Your mother had been milking the brindle cow. Remember? You waited in the kitchen till you heard her step. You'd planned a little speech. And then the chance didn't come to use it after all. Ma, I've enlisted. <sighs> Lord's will be done, Henry. It seemed like, like I had to do it. I'll go and pack your bundle for you, son. Then later in the dooryard, it was time to say goodbye. It wasn't quite the way you'd pictured it would be. She didn't seem to understand what a glorious thing it was to be a soldier and march away to war. Now you watch out, Henry, and take good care of yourself. Don't go a-thinking that you can lick the whole rebel army, because you can't. You're just one little feller amongst a whole lot of others. I, I know that, Ma. Now I've knit you eight pairs of socks, and I've put in all your best shirts because I want my boy to be just as warm and comfortable as anybody in the Army. Whenever you get holes in them, I want you to send them right away back to me so I can darn them. Yes, Ma, I will. And uh, I don't want you to ever do anything, Henry, that, that you'd be ashamed to let me know. Just think as if I was uh, watching you. If you keep that in your mind always, I guess you'll come out about right. Ma, uh, I guess I, I better get going. I I don't know what else to, to say to you, child, excepting that you must never do no shirking on my account. If so be a time comes when when you have to be killed or do a mean thing, why, Henry, don't think of anything excepting what's right, because there's many a woman has to bear up against such things these days. The Lord will take care of us all. All right, Ma. Goodbye. Uh, I put a cup of blackberry jam with your bundle, son, because I know you like it, above all things. Goodbye, Henry. Watch out. Be a good boy. When you look back, you notice she was crying. Her face was stained with tears, and it, it made you feel ashamed. Now, here you are. The time has come at last, and there will be a battle. And now you know. You're afraid. Afraid that when the battle comes, you'll want to run away. Well, you fellers can believe me or not, just as you like. Didn't the cavalry all start this morning? The regiment's got orders, too. A feller what was down to headquarters told me a little while ago, the raisin blazes all over camp. Anybody can see that. Huh. Shucks. Jim. Huh? What do you want, Henry? How, how do you think the regiment will do? You, you think any of the boys will up and run? Think they'll run away? Oh, maybe a few of them run, especially when they first goes under fire. 
course, it might happen that the old kitten caboodle might start and run if some big fighting come first off. And again, they might stay, fight like fury. You, you think they will? Well, they call the regiment greenhorns and fresh fish and everything, but the boys come a good stock. Most of them will fight like sin after they once get shooting. Did, did, do you ever think that you might run yourself, Jim? Well, I've thought it might get too hot for Jim Conklin and some of them scrimmages, but if everybody was a standing and fighting, well, well, I'd stand and fight. But, Jiminy, I would. I'll bet on it. Would you, Jim? But you, Henry Fleming, you're not so sure. You lie on your bunk wondering about it. A panic fear grows in your mind. In the blood and blaze of danger, those legs of yours could run away and disgrace you everlastingly. You reproach and despise yourself because you're so afraid. You don't feel like a hero anymore. What's the matter with me? What's the matter with me? gloom before the break of day, the uniforms glowed deep purple. From off in the darkness came a trampling of feet, and a moment later the regiment went swinging off into the black. The air was heavy and cold with dew. The wet grass marched upon rustled like silk. The men stumbled along, muttering, wondering, cursing, until at last the sun struck full upon the earth. Two thin black columns were climbing the brow of the hill like two serpents crawling from the cavern of the night. Hey, fellas, what regiment is that? Why, that's the Greenhorn. Ain't you heard? That's the new regiment. Hi! Fresh fish! Fresh fish machine! <laughs> marched all day, and at nightfall the columns broke into regimental pieces. Tents sprang up like strange plants. Campfires like red, peculiar blossoms dotted the night. The lighted moon hung in a treetop. You have wandered a little distance from the others to be alone, to lie down in the grass. The liquid stillness of the night, the soft wind, the whole mood is in sympathy with you. The night takes pity on you, Henry. For the first time, you long to be home again. Perhaps your mother was right after all. You are different from the others. You're just a boy. No wonder you're afraid. You weren't cut out to be a soldier. Hello, Henry. Is Hello, that you? Wilson. What are you doing out here? Oh, just just thinking. Oh, you're looking thundering peaked, boy. What's ailing you? Oh, oh, nothing. Nothing to be getting blue about. We got him now. They've been licking our side up to now, but this time, this time we'll lick them good. Gee, Rod, we're really going to thump them this time. How, how do you know you won't run when the time comes? Me run? <laughs> it ain't likely. Shucks. You ain't the bravest man in the world, are you? No, I ain't. Didn't say I was. Said I'm going to do my share, that's what I said. Who are you, anyhow? You talk like you was Napoleon Bonaparte. Heck, I'm going back to camp. Don't know what's come over you, Henry Fleming. Think you're so all-fired smart. Go on back there, then. I don't care. 
You didn't mean to make them mad. What's the matter? How brave are you? What are you watching for there in the darkness? What are you listening for? Why should you be trembling? Here in the thick darkness you lie, listening, shivering, sick with fear. Oh, I'm scared. Oh, gosh, I'm scared. In the gray dawn, the men were shaken to their feet. Still half asleep, they found themselves hustling, running, panting through the woods. What the hell should you, should you hurry for? Henry, where are you? Here. I'm right with you, Wilson. You just stick close to me and Jim. There's nothing to be scared of. Listen. Well, what's that? Hey, it's muskets. It's muskets, all right. Man, did you hear them muskets? We're getting near. We're getting nearer to them. Why do we have to run so fast? I gotta get my breath. Up there in the shadows, the fierce-eyed enemy is lurking. You're gonna be sacrificed. It's all a trap. Can't they see? Are you the only one with eyes? Stop them. Tell them before it's too late. You there. Move along. Can't you see? We'll all be killed like pigs. Boys, listen to me. Fleming, get up in the ranks there. Yes, sir, but... Get back there. Move, I say. Yes, sir. I am. Don't mind him. He doesn't understand. No one knows but you. You didn't want to fight. And now they want to see you slaughtered. Hear that? Artillery! All right, you men. Just follow me. What are y'all jumping for? That battle's most five miles away. We gotta walk before we get there. Come on, this way. Let's go! The regiment slid down a bank and wallowed through a stream. They floundered up the other side and into a clump of woods. The men dug in, and they were moved, and they dug in again and again. They marched about from place to place. But when they halted for their noonday meal, the guns seemed far away. There they rested, while the men of the new regiment watched and listened eagerly to the tongues of the veteran brigades, mouthing the gossip of the army, rumors that had flown like birds out of the blue. I met one of the 148th Maine boys, and he's seen a big battle over on the Turnpike Road. Killed about 5,000. Says one more fight such as that, and the war will be over. Well, they say uh, Hannes's battery is took. Well, it ain't either. I saw Hannes's battery off on the left, not more than 15 minutes ago. Hey, you fellas hear about Bill? Some fella trod in his hand. Bill says war or no war, he'd be dumbed if he was going to have every bushwhacker in the country walking around on his hand. <laughs> so he went to the hospital disregardless of the fight. Uh, that's right. And then Bill wasn't scared either. No, sir, it wasn't that. Three fingers was crunched. The darn doctor wanted to amputate him, and Bill sure raised some round. <laughs> what are they laughing at over there? What can they find to laugh at? Death is everywhere. Henry. Henry, come here. Can I speak to you? Sure, Wilson. What do you want? We'll be going into battle pretty soon, and I got a feeling. Uh, I just got a feeling it'll be my first one and my last. Well, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, something tells me uh, I'm a goner the first time, and... And I want you to take these here things to send to my folks. It's letters and papers and... Oh, Wilson, you're just plumb crazy. I'm scared and I can't help it. I, I wouldn't tell that to Jim or, or everyone. Here, you just take them, Henry. I'll give them here. If anything should happen, I promise... Oh, thank you, Henry. You're my friend. Best friend I got, Henry. 
Wilson, I'm, I, I want to tell you. I, I'm scared, too. There, I, I'm glad I told you. See, you're, you're not the only one who's scared. All right, men. Battle formation. All in. Good luck, Henry. Good luck. And thank you, Henry. All right. Fire! The brigade formed in line of battle and advanced slowly through the trees. Soon they came to some little fields, girted and squeezed by the forest. They halted at the fringe of the grove and saw the dark battle lines spread out along the sun-struck clearing that gleamed orange-colored. The grass and tree trunks wove a gentle fabric of softened greens and browns. A flag fluttered. It looked to be the wrong place for a battlefield. The time has come, Henry Fleming. The landscape lies before you like a threat. That house in the deserted field looks evil to you. The shadows beyond the wood are frightening. It's much too calm. I, I wish they'd get it over with. I wish they'd get it over. Now is the time for waiting. And what will you remember? The village street at home and that circus par- parade that day last spring. Remember how you stood there, a thrillful boy, to see the dingy lady on the white horse and the band in its faded tinsel chariot? Oh, it was beautiful to see. Here they come! You've got to hold them back. You've got to hold them back. Why, Harry, we'll do our best, Colonel. All right, get ready, boys. Stick close to Jim Conklin. We'll give him blazes. We're in for it now. We're in for it now. Load up, men. Don't shoot till I tell you. Wait till they get up close. Quick, quick. Oh, Lord, let it happen quick. Now, men, fire. Now, fire. We held him back. We held him back. Turn if we haven't. I thought I was going plumb deaf and blind. I couldn't see a thing for smoke, and the sweat was getting in my, my eyes. My rifle got so hot it burned my fingers. Look, my hands got the shake. I know it. And didn't your eardrums like a crack wide open? Well, we held him back, didn't we? Hey, where's Jim Conklin gone? Jim? Why, why he was standing right here when the fight begun. I seen him. You don't suppose he got hit, do you, Henry? Oh, lots of boys got hit. Some, I guess, got killed. I wonder if he got scared and run away. Him? After all the talking that he done? I bet you. I bet he ran away. You didn't run, though, did you, Henry? You stood fast and didn't run. Listen to the cannon from the hillside. They're fighting over there, and over there, and over there. Look at the sky. Just look at that blue, pure sky. And the sun gleaming on the trees and fields. Doesn't it seem strange that all the world can turn to gold? in the midst of all this devilment. Well, it's over, Henry. And you're still alive. You're braver than you thought. Here they come again! Oh, no, 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 no. Well, say, this here's too much. Well, we ain't never gonna stand a second charge. I didn't come here to fight the whole dang rebel army. I wish Bill Smithers had tried on my hand instead of somebody treading on his, and I'd be out of here. What do they take us for? Why don't they send support? Ready, boys. They're coming in again. Oh, no. Please, 
firing ripped along the regimental line. Level sheets of flame burst up in clouds of smoke that tossed and tumbled near the ground. And through the smoke, the enemy came running, howling, screaming like an onslaught of dragons. This was the monster, the red animal, war, the blood-swollen gods. Run, Henry, before it's too late. Throw down your rifle and run. No one's looking at you. No one will stop you. Throw down your gun or, or be destroyed. Yes, I will. I will. I will. You're running now. Don't be ashamed. Run. Don't look back. Death is behind you. His knife is at your shoulder blades. Run. Your rifle's gone. Your cap is gone. Your coat is bulging in the wind. Run like a blind man, plunging, falling, beating your way deep, deep into the wood. You're safe now, Henry. The battle's far behind. You needn't run so fast. You're all alone. Are you the only one that ran? Why didn't the others run away? Fools. Stupid machine-like fools. You pity them. A man's a fool who doesn't run from danger. Stop. You are here alone in the cathedral light of the forest. You are the only coward. The only one who ran away. And here you stand beneath the high-arched branches. It's beautiful. It's like a chapel here. Look out! <gasps> You're being looked at by a dead man, sitting with his back against a tree. His uniform, once blue, has now faded to melancholy green. Those eyes staring at you have turned fish-belly white. The mouth is open. The wind raises the tawny beard as if a hand were stroking it. Why do you stare into those liquid eyes? He cannot answer your question. Don't look at me. I couldn't help it. I never meant to run away. No voice will come from that dead throat to answer you. Go away. The thing will not pursue you. Softly, the trees began to sing a hymn of twilight. The sun sank till slanting rays of bronze struck the forest. There was silence, save for the chanted chorus of the trees. And yet now and again upon this stillness, a crimson roar came from the distance. The voice of cannon fire shook the pines. The battle, like the grinding of some terrible machine, went on producing corpses. You have come to a narrow road, and through the glimmering dusk, you see the blood-stained crowd of wounded men streaming to the rear. One of them has a shoe full of blood and hops like a schoolboy in a game. Another man is being carried, full of anger at his wound. Don't struggle so, you fools. You think my leg is made of iron? No, John. If you can't carry me decent, put me down. Let somebody else do it. Another is a tattered man, dusty and powder-stained. His head is bound up with a blood-soaked rag. His arm is bleeding, too, and dangles like a broken bow. Fall in and march beside this man. Hear what he has to say. Join the crowd and march among the wounded. It was a pretty good fight, wasn't it, boy? What you say? 
was a pretty good fight, wasn't it? Yes. Burn me if I ever see fellas fight so. Laws, how they did fight. I knowed the boys do it once they got square at it. They're fighters, they be. Let them fellas by there. Let them by. Like to run us wounded down, them fellas. <laughs> Who are you with, boy? What regiment? 304th New York. I am with the 148th Maine myself. But we was all there together, weren't we? We showed them, didn't we? Sure, sure we did. I was talking cross pickets with a boy from Georgia once. That boy, he says, your fellas will all run like Tobit and once they hear a gun, he says. Maybe they will, I says, but I don't believe none of it, I says. <laughs> well, they didn't run today, did they? Hey, boy? I reckon not. No, sir. They fit and fit and fit. Where are you wounded, boy? What? Where'd they wound you, boy? Is it very bad? You walk by yourself, old fellow. I don't want to talk to you. You let me be. That's right. Get away from him. He mustn't know. You have no place in this mob of bleeding men. You envy them. You wish you, too, had a wound. A red badge of courage like the rest. Who's this? Beside you now, there stalks a man. Already the gray seal of death is on his face. He stalks like the specter of a soldier. His eyes burning into the unknown. Now, now look again. Something in the, in the gesture of the man, the wax-like face, makes you start. You know him. Jim! Is it you? Jim Conklin! Oh. Hello, Henry. Oh, Jim, I, I, I hardly knew you. Where you been, Henry? I thought maybe you got keeled over. I was worrying about you a good deal. Oh, Jim. Here, let, let, let me help you walk along. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I was back there, Henry. Oh, what a circus. Majimini got shot. Yep, Majimini got shot back there. What can I do? What can I do to help you, Jim? Ain't there anything? I'll tell you what I'm afraid of, Henry. I'm afraid I'll fall down. Then you know them horses galloping, them dumb artillery wagons. They like as not to run right over me. I'll take care of you, Jim. I swear I will. Will you, Henry? Because that's what I'm afraid yes, of. Yes, I tell you. I'll take I care of you, I was always Jim. a good friend to you, wasn't I, Henry? Always been a pretty good fellow, ain't I? Ain't much task, is it, just to pull me out of the road so I won't get troubled? I'd do it for you, wouldn't I, Henry? Sure you would, Jim. Here, here, hang on to me. Give me your arm. No! No, I can walk by myself. Don't touch me. Leave me be. Jim, where are you going to? Where are you going? You'd better take your friend out in the way, boy. There's a battery coming hellity whoop down the road and he'll get run over. He's a goner anyhow in about five minutes, poor fella. You can see that from his face. Jim, don't go so fast. What are you walking so fast for? Leave me be. Leave me be, I tell you. Where the blazes does he get his strength from? Jim, Jim, wait for me. What, what are you saying, Henry? There's a battery coming through. Let's get off into the field. Into the field. Don't follow me. I'll find Look the here, place. he's running out there. Jim, Jim, what are you doing? What makes you do this way? You'll hurt yourself. Wait up. No. No. No, don't touch me. 
you two fellas stand away from me. Just don't come near me no more. Leave him, son. Leave him stand by himself, boy. Oh, Jim. I- I'm sorry for what's happening. Just don't no one touch me. I'm where I got to be. You watch him, standing there motionless in this open field. He holds himself erect, his hands, caked red and black with blood, hang at his side. He is waiting with patience for something he's come to meet. He's at the rendezvous. This is the place. Leave him be. Jim! He stiffens. He stares into the sky. His tall figure stretches to its fullest height. And swings forward, slow and straight. He twists. His shoulder strikes the ground. Oh, no, no, no. Go closer. Gaze at that pace-like face. The teeth show in a laugh. The flap of the jacket falls away. So it's as though his side were chewed by wolves. Jim! Turn now with sudden livid rage. Clench your fist and shake it at the battlefield. War! War! (laughs) The red sun was pasted in the sky like a wafer. From Hollywood, the NBC University Theater is bringing you John Agar in a radio version of The Red Badge of Courage by Stephen Crane. This play is part of a series devoted to the classic novels of Anglo-American literature. If you are interested in supplementing your enjoyment of these productions with home study under college supervision, be sure to listen to the announcement at the close of this program. And may we say at this point that the NBC staff which prepares and produces these dramas feels deep thanks and gratification at the first place award in the category of literature and arts presented to the NBC University Theater by the 19th Annual Institute for Education by Radio. And may we say at this point that the NBC staff which prepares and produces these dramas feels deep thanks and gratification at the first place award in the category of literature and arts presented to the NBC University Theater by the 19th Annual Institute for Education by Radio at Ohio State University. And now our intermission commentator, Mr. Mark Van Doren, the noted author and critic. Speaking from New York, here is Mark Van Doren. The Red Badge of Courage is a modern novel in that it has no plot and no characters. It has action, for it deals with the battle, and by the same token, it is full of men, a few of whom we see at painfully close range. But its hero, Henry Fleming, never becomes known to us as more than an obscure northern boy who has been caught like thousands of his kind in the storm of civil war. We are not told where he came from or what his past had been, just as we are given no vision of his future after war is done. So with his good friend Wilson, whose first name we never hear. And so with Jim Conklin, the tall soldier who takes more time to die than any man in his condition should. His side, says the author, looked as if it had been chewed by wolves. 
The author, Stephen Crane, published this book in 1895 when he was 24. It had been written still earlier than that by a brilliant young man who himself was to die at 30. It was the product of no direct experience with war. Crane had merely heard old soldiers talk, had read all he could find about the great battles of 30 years ago, and had studied Tolstoy, the first novelist who ever presented war entirely in terms of its confused effect in the minds of individuals. Crane's only interest is in the successive states of Henry Fleming's consciousness. His fear that he will be afraid, his being afraid when the time comes, and all the later forms of his real or imagined courage. The battle that fills the book is present to the reader only as it is present to the hero in a series of thoughts and impressions, some of which are like photographs and some of which are like modern paintings, broken in line and color. The Red Badge of Courage, then, is not so much a novel as it is a study of one emotion, terror, in a being neither individualized nor distinguished. Henry Fleming is a member of the mass, seen with miraculous clarity in the midst of the only experience modern humanity has in common. If it was not so clear in 1895 that this would be the case, 50 years have proved Stephen Crane a prophet. In his masterpiece, he anticipated all subsequent wars and all subsequent treatments of them. Their true terror lies in what they do to unknown soldiers like Henry Fleming. Yet Henry Fleming is not unknown, thanks to the genius of his creator. Neither in consequence are the lives and deaths of millions like him. They live and die again in the brilliant, pathetic pages of this blood-stained book. Thank you, Mr. Van Doren. Our radio version of The Red Badge of Courage, starring John Agar, will continue from Hollywood after a brief pause for station identification. sun was pasted in the sky like a wafer. You stand there in the empty battlefield, you and the tattered soldier, and look at where Jim Cockman lies. I, I never saw a man fall dead before. He was a dandy for nerve now, wasn't he? A regular dandy for nerve. Yes, he was, he was. Ah, but look here, boy. He's up and gone, and we might as well look out for old number one. He's all right here. Nobody won't bother him. I know. Besides, I I ain't enjoying any too great health myself right now. Oh, no, it, it won't happen. Not not again. Not to you, too. Here, boy, here. Just hold my arm. I, I'm commencing to feel pretty bad. Oh, you mustn't. Now, now look oh, here. I, I, I ain't going to die. No, sir. I can't. Too many folks depending. You'd ought to see the swad of children that I got and all like that. We better get away. I don't much like it here. Help me along then, young fella. Come on. We gotta hurry. Can't you step along no faster? I don't know as I can. I'll try, though. You... 
You're looking pretty peaked yourself, young fella. I bet you've got a worse one than you think. Where'd they wound you, boy? Where'd you hurt? It ain't none of your goddamn business where I'm hurt. You just keep moving. Oh, uh, don't mean no harm in asking, boys. Just you'd ought to take care of your hurt. Don't do to let such things go. Might be inside mostly, and them kind plays thunder. Does it hurt you bad? I said, don't bother me. Oh, Lord knows I don't want to bother nobody. Got enough hurts of my own to tend to. Was it your first fight today, boy? Yes. Come on. Was you scared out there in the battle? Scared? Of course I wasn't. Why should I be scared? Well, I guess I was in my first battle. Pretty well scared sometimes. There was an awful lot of noise, you know. I, I thought the whole sky was falling down. You bet I was scared. What do you have to tell me that? The trouble was, I, I thought they was all shooting at me. Yes, sir, I thought every man in the other army was aiming at me in particular. Of course, I got used to it, but first time off, I was pretty well scared. Look, I ain't got no time to listen to all your foolishness talking about your wounds and hurts and being scared. If you can't walk no faster, I'm going on and leave you. I'm going by myself. Oh, no. Now, look here, boy. Don't do that, young fella. I, I can't keep up to you. What ails you, young fella? You ain't going away and leave me. I won't have it. You mustn't. You mustn't. I'm going. You'll get on better by yourself. No, stay with me. Stay with me, please. I'm all alone. Stop grabbing at my sleeve, you old. I'm getting away from here. Boy, please. Don't go. Wait. Come back. He's going to die the way the other did. Better get away from him. You can't stand to see that happening again. Boy, come back. Come back. The furnace roar of battle grew ever louder. The roads were a crying mass of wagons, teams, and men. Fear was sweeping them along. The cracking whips bit deep. The horses plunged and tugged. The fight was lost. The army, blinded by the overhanging night, stunned and helpless, fell back to lick its wounds. Now you're in the midst of them, in the heedless throng of the walking, the riding, the running, the limping. Where are you running? Why? Why? There ain't no reason, kid. The line's broke. They're all gone crazy. Stop. Wait. Tell me what's happened. Get on my way, boy. Don't stand in my way. Let go of me. No. Tell me what's happened. Tell me. Boy, if you don't want me to crack you with this musket, stand aside. Where'd the line break? Tell me. You let go of me. No. Damn you, boy. Oh. You're on the ground. Your head is thundering with pain. You lurch along in the grass on your hands and knees. You feel the wet blood on your brow. Hey, you seem to be in a bad way, boy. Oh. Here, let me have your arm. Yeah, that's the way. On your feet now. There. 
Thanks. I, I... Oh, I see you ain't wounded bad. Looks like the bullet only grazed you. Just like somebody hit you with a club. Wounded? Sure you're wounded, boy. Now, I'll just get your arm around my neck and we'll be hiking. Looks like the Army's left us way behind. <laughs> what regiment you with? 304th New York. What's he? 304th New York. Yep, I guess they got their share of fighting, too. By dad, I give myself up for dead a dozen times. They was a shooting here and a hollering there. Couldn't tell which side was which. The most mixed up darn thing I ever see. Easy there. Oh, I'm all right. I, I just slipped. How'd you get way over here? Your regiment was fighting in the center. Ah, don't worry, though. I'll get you back to it. Oh, don't want to go back. I, I can't go back. Can't go back? Why? I, I lost my rifle. I, I, I oh, lost it. Oh, shucks, boy. They'll get you another. You can start all over. No, no. <laughs> ah, don't worry, boy. I'll get you back. It takes me half the night. See that fire over in the hollow? You think you can make it on your own from, from here? Yeah, I see it. Sure, I can make it. Well, I'll be heading back. Want to find my crowd for midnight if I can. Good luck to you, boy. Well, thanks. I, I want to tell you, thanks. Goodbye. There's no turning back now. How they will laugh at you. How they will jeer. The runaways come home. Here's Henry Fleming, the celebrated coward. Fired one shot, then ran away. Oh! Oh, who goes there? Henry Fleming. Is, is this the 304th? Fleming? That's you, Henry? Oh. Hello, Wilson. Uh, you on picket guard? Yes, it's me. Henry? Oh, by ginger, I'm glad to see you. I give you up for a goner. I thought you was dead for sure. Uh, I, I've been all over... Way over yonder. Terrible fighting over there. And you was in it, Henry. I, I got separated from the regiment, but I, I was fighting. I never seen such fighting. Gosh, Henry, let me see your head. They wounded you. Well, there's blood all over you. Why don't you tell me first? Hold on a minute. We gotta get you tended to. Listen, who are you talking to? It's Fleming, sir. He's come back and he's been wounded, too. Fleming? I give you up for dead two hours ago. Where was you? Way over yonder. I, I got separated. Half the fellas coming back just skedaddled when they heard the guns. But I can see you've been fighting, Fleming. Does it hurt like thunder, Henry? Sure it hurts. Hurts a plenty. Wilson, you're relieved. You take him back and see his wound is dressed and put him to sleep in a blanket. I'm glad to see we got one fighter in the outfit. Uh, here, Henry. Me straighten that bandage. The ball just grazed you. Raised a queer lump, but it must have stopped bleeding a long time ago. It did? Sure does hurt, though. How's the bandage now? Feel good? Sure. In the morning, you'll most like feel that a number 10 hat won't fit you. Uh. Sure good to be back with my own regiment again. You just rest easy now, Henry. You've been as brave as anyone and. You need to get some rest. Thank you, Wilson. Oh, forget it. 
I know I'm clumsy like a blacksmith when it comes to taking care of sick folks, and you never squeaked once. You're plenty brave, Henry. Most soldiers would have went to the hospital and never come back at all. Not me. I brought you my canteen full of coffee. Just drink it all up if you like. Here, now, get over by the fire. That blanket will keep out the cold, I reckon. Hold on. Where are you going to sleep? I got your blanket. What are you going to use? I'll be right here. Now, shut up and go to sleep. Don't be making a fool of yourself. You need it more than I do. Campfires gleam rose and orange light, and all about you the soldiers lie in death-like slumber. The fire crackles like music, and you feel warm and good. The last sound that you can hear is the far-off howling of a dog, a lonely sound. You lie there, half asleep, half dreaming. I don't want you to ever do anything, Henry, that you'd be ashamed to tell me. Just think as if I was a-watching you. If you keep that in your mind always, I guess you'll come out about right. I don't know what else to say to you, son. Well, if a whole lot of the boys started to run, I suppose I'd run. And once I started, I'd run like the devil. But if everybody was a-standing and a-fighting, I'd stand and fight. I bet I would. I'm scared and I can't help it. I wouldn't tell that to everyone, but I'm scared. My first battle, there was an awful lot of noise, you know. I... I thought the sky was falling down. I thought the whole world was coming to an end. Oh, I was scared, all right. Don't do a thing you'd ever be ashamed of, son. Don't come near me. Don't touch me. I don't want you to touch me. Where are you wounded, boy? Does it hurt you bad? Where are you wounded? Come back. Come back. Oh, no. Oh, please. I didn't mean to run away. No, no, no. Henry. Henry. Here, Henry, wake up. Oh, you've been having bad dreams, boy. Now, just take it easy. Just get some rest. Oh, thank you, Wilson. You're a good fellow. You're a dandy. Oh, I didn't tell you, did I? Jim Conklin's dead. Mm. I, I seen him die. I forgot to say. Is he? Jim Conklin? I seen him. Shot in the side, he was. You don't say. Oh, Jim, poor cuss. Yeah, uh, Henry. Yeah? I... I guess you might as well give me back the packet the, and letters and things I gave you to keep for me to send my folks. Oh, oh sure. They're here in my pocket. Here. Thanks, Henry. Oh, that's all right. Well, good night. Well, Henry, old man, how you feel this morning? Oh, pretty bad. My head feels like it's swollen up like a melon. I was hoping you'd feel better. Oh, I, I feel better, all right. Thanks for everything you did for me, Wilson. Oh, want nothing. Here, I brought you some breakfast. Thanks. Say, thanks. There's a battle going on, I guess. Mm, over beyond the hill. They'll probably send us up there soon enough. 
What do you think our chances are, Henry? Think we can wallop them? Don't you? I don't know. I hope so, Henry. You'd have sure have changed, you know. A week ago, you'd have been bragging that you could have licked them by yourself. I guess I was a pretty big fool back in them days. It was just last week. Yeah. Henry, I've changed since then, I guess. You'd have offered to take on the whole kit and caboodle. The war can teach a man a lot of things. Here, let me fix that bandage. It's slipped down all around your ears. Yep, I was a pretty big fool. Hey, gosh darn it. Go slow. You act like you was nailing down a carpet. Oh, I'm sorry, Henry. Look, uh, don't don't mind my hollering. You're you're a real good friend. We'll show them today, won't we, Henry? We'll give them blazes. Let's go fill up our canteens down to the brook. All right. They say we got them rebels in a pretty tight box. We got them just about where we want them. That's what they say. Well, we handled them rough enough yesterday, and that's for sure. Oh, we'll give them blazes. Wait and see. Water sure tastes good. Mm, fill up your canteen, Henry. Be your last chance today. General Pritchett. Yes, sir. Who's that? It's the old general himself. Can't see us, can they? Reckon not. Yes, General. The enemy have taken up positions in the River Grove. I've got to drive them out of here. What troops can you spare? Well, I've had to order in the 12th. I really haven't any, but there's the 304th. Hey, that's us. They're the Greenhorn Regiment. The poorest outfit I got. They fight like a bunch of mule drivers. But I'll send them in if you say so, sir. Call us mule drivers. Well, get ready, then. I'll give you word when to start them. Yes, sir. Uh, Colonel, I don't believe many of your mule drivers will get back alive, but we'll do what we can to support them. Mule drivers, are we? Wilson, where the devil you been to? You kept the whole regiment waiting. We're going to charge. Huh? We're going to charge. Charge? charge. How do you know? As sure as shooting, I tell he you. He ain't lying. We heard him give the order. Who? The old general himself. The general. Great Jerusalem. And the colonel says we was a bunch of mule drivers. But the general, he says, send them. Oh, Lordy, we'll all be swallowed out. Come on, men. Fall in. We're going to march. The regiment marched to a line of rifle pits along the line of woods. Before them was a level stretch of field. And from the woods beyond, they heard the popping of the skirmishers. The day had grown more white. Until now, the sun shed its radiance upon the trees. The men waited and rolled their eyes toward the impending battle. When the signal comes, my boy, you're going to charge. This time, you'll show them you mean business. You'll show them you're not afraid. Don't run. Don't flinch. Whatever happens. This is a war. A patch of grass no bigger than your yard at home. A little clump of trees where men are hiding. A flag that flutters in the wind. That is the object of the game. To get that flag. Tear it down and you'll be a hero. Now. Ready? Charge! 
The trees quivered with the firing. The ground shook from the rushing of the men. Sunlight made bright twinklings of the steel. Bullets buzzed and spanged into the tree trunks. Come on, you fools. You can't stop here. Out in the open, you'll all get killed. Come on, Wilson. We gotta get across that patch of grass. Cross there, all the way. Come on, Fleming. No lag in there. Fleming, what's the matter with you? Don't be cowards, boys. Come on yourself, then. Up there ahead, flashing through the drift of smoke, you see their flag. The banner of the enemy. Seize it, Henry. You alone must rip it down. It's mine. It's mine. I'll get it. Plunge forward, clutch it, cling it, wrench it free. The color sergeant falls and turns his dead face to the ground. I got it, I got it. Boys, look, look. We licked him, man. Don't you know enough to quit when there ain't nothing to shoot at? That Fleming's a fighter right enough. Are you all right, Henry? Oh, I feel fine. Nothing the matter, is they shooting in the air like that? By heaven, if I had a dozen wildcats like young Fleming here, I could tear the stomach out of this war in less than a week. By thunder, I bet this army will never see another regiment like us. You bet. Hey, look who's there. It's the colonel, fellas. Look. Ah, good work, Mr. Hasbrook. Thank you, sir. I never thought you could do it. Yes, sir. Anybody that says my boys ain't good fighters is just a plain fool. That's true. Oh, uh, by the way, who was the lad that got their flag? That's Fleming, sir. And he's a Jim Hickey. Hear that, Henry? You're a Jim Hickey. Oh, ah. go away. Yes, Mr. Hasbrook, he is indeed. He's a very good man to have. I saw him take that flag. Yes, sir, you bet. He and a fellow named Wilson was at the head of the charge and howling like Indians all the time. Hear that, Wilson? Were they indeed? At the head of the regiment, huh? Well, well, those two babies. They deserve to be major generals. Yes, sir. Yes, they deserve to be major generals. Now, Henry, you can write that to your ma. Oh, go away. Get along, you fellas. The enemy had fallen back. The battle was all over. Now the orders came for the bluecoats to retrace their steps the way they'd come. That afternoon it rained, and the procession of victorious soldiers soon became a draggled train, despondent and muttering, marching with churning effort through thick black mud beneath an ugly sky. What are they marching us over this way for? Uh, if you ask me, I'd say we're going down here a ways. Swing around and come in behind them. Ah, uh, what do you know about it? Telling me we're coming around in behind them. Well, it's over, ain't it, Henry, for a while? Yep, it's over. You're being mighty quiet, boy. What are you thinking about? Oh, nothing. God dang it. It'd have to rain today for anyhow. Rain. Gee. But you don't mind the rain, do you, Henry Fleming? Your shame is gone and your fear. And that's the thing that counts. You feel a sense of quiet manhood, of strong and sturdy blood that's flowing in your veins. You know that you won't flinch again or ever run from danger. 
You've been out to touch the great death and found that, after all, it is but death. You were a boy. You have become a man. Over the river, a splash of yellow sun came through the leaden clouds. been listening to The Red Badge of Courage, an NBC University Theater production of the Stephen Crane novel, starring John Agar as Henry Fleming. Next week at the same time, we will bring you another classic of Anglo-American literature, The Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. The present semester of the NBC University Theater is devoted to the classics of Anglo-American literature from the time of Henry Fielding to that of Henry James. If you wish, you may learn more about these authors and their works by enrolling in the college-supervised courses now being offered in connection with the NBC University Theater. The University of Tulsa in Oklahoma, Washington State College, and Kansas State Teachers College have now completed their plans for offering such a course in the coming months, thus joining the University of Louisville, whose established home study plan is already serving listeners in another area of the nation. For information, then... As to how you may enhance your knowledge through these courses, write to NBC University Theater in care of the University of Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky, Washington State College, Pullman, Washington, the University of Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, or Kansas State Teachers College, Pittsburgh, Kansas. The Red Badge of Courage was adapted for radio by Brainerd Duffield and Emerson Crocker. Our intermission commentator was Mark Van Doren. Starred as Henry Fleming was John Agar, who appeared to the courtesy of David O. Selznick, producer of Portrait of Jenny, starring Jennifer Jones and Joseph Cotton. Our cast included Ted Von Elts, narrator, John Daner, William Lally, Noreen Gamil, Lee Millar, Jack Lloyd... Frank Gerstel, Tom Charlesworth, Harley Bear. Your announcer, Don Stanley. The original musical score was composed and conducted by Dr. Albert Harris. The director of the NBC University Theater is Andrew C. Love. Next week, be with us again for the NBC University Theater dramatization of Joseph Conrad's enthralling short story, The Heart of Darkness, starring Brian Ahern. program came to you from Hollywood. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.